Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 119 as we bring an end to the 2020, the worst year of all time, but we did have football. We're going to talk about the review from Super Bowl week. Hope that you guys had a great week and won some of your leagues and will stick with us during the offseason as we continue to have these podcasts every week. Man, I can't believe that the Dynasty regular season ends tonight, Monday night. The NFL made it uh, successfully uh, through the season with only a few COVID-related hiccups, including the Cleveland Browns receivers this week. But either way, now we know that commissioners are going to crown Dynasty League winners. Maybe they already have. I know I crowned a few and gave my payouts to several leagues just on Sunday night because there aren't as many players playing uh, tonight on the Monday night game. I know you might not care about my teams, but in my eight Dynasty Leagues, I did make it to two Super Bowls. Uh, One I've already won, and the other one comes down to the game tonight. Um, I also took home a title in one of my two redraft leagues. That's exciting. All in all, it was a pretty successful year, though I always want more championships than I get. (laughs) I just have to remind myself how much fun it is to enjoy the season. I'm glad that we did have football and that we had my dynasty teams to cheer on uh, throughout the year. So that said, after following all the games this week, here are some of my thoughts on week 16. I'll give kind of five overall thoughts like I normally do. And then, like I said here at the end of the year, I'm kind of grading uh, my teams and my performance this year. It's a good thing for all dynasty owners to do. And so I'm going to talk about five of the trades and or waiver moves that I made that helped my teams this year. And next week, I will talk about some of the moves I didn't make or moves that I made that hurt my teams, because there's certainly some of both, if we're honest, right? Let's talk uh, real briefly here, five things that I took away from this last week. First is what I will call bookend league winners, bookend league winners. What stands out most to me from week 16 was the way that it started and the way that it ended. The Christmas Day play of Alvin Kamara and the Sunday night play of Devontae Adams is what I'm talking about. Those are the bookends of week 16, and they likely resulted in fantasy championships. It looked like it was going to be a Kamara day when he busted off that 40-yard touchdown run on the Saints' first possession, but no one would have imagined that it would turn into an NFL record-tying six-touchdown day. Ridiculous. Kamara's Christmas green and red shoes carried teams into the weekend, or they buried teams into the weekend. Kamara managers, uh, lucky enough to survive the previous three mediocre weeks. I know I had two teams that didn't, but one that did. But if you did survive those weeks to get to the Super Bowl, you were rewarded with a lead that was nearly impossible to overcome. I say nearly because one of my Super Bowl teams with Kamara was actually overcome by another team. That is until Sunday night when Devontae Adams saved the day for our team. It's the other bookend. Adams scored three touchdowns and even had a few receptions near the end of the game when Green Bay could have easily just run the clock out. I've never seen so many games swung on one player's performance as Adams was last night. Five of my leagues saw lead changes in the last few minutes of Sunday night's game when Adams caught that final touchdown and had those final few receptions in garbage time. 
I know I won my Reality Sports Online League because of Adams. I lost a lead in the Super Bowl because of Adams, and now I need Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo defense to score eight more points than Josh Allen on Monday night. Tough task for me there. I also lost in a MFL 10 because of Adams' play last night. And in my favorite league of, of all time, I call my diehard league, a team won the Super Bowl by two points after Adams' last meaningful reception that he caught. They came from 74 points down with Rodgers and Adams with the Rodgers and Adams stack. It was a fun and fitting way to end the season. <clears throat> I just hope that Monday night's game can provide the same kind of drama uh, to be the true bookend, as it, of course, will be the last game uh, played during this incredible Week 16. First thing I think about was the bookends of Kamara and Adams and all that it meant to fantasy teams, dynasty teams. Second thing I noticed uh, thinking about this week was what what I'll call forcing decisions, forcing decisions. The quarterback play uh, caused three teams to make decisions this week. Uh, They provided the proverbial keep, trade, cut decisions that we like to talk about as dynasty managers, the games that we like to play that keep, trade, cut. Well, it's happening in the NFL right now. And I think the easiest decision belongs to the Washington football team. Uh, They have to cut Dwayne Haskins, who played horribly on Sunday, was benched by his coach uh, for Taylor Heineke, of all people. Haskins has really just made horrible decisions on and off the field, and I don't think he's going to finish his contract in Washington. Um, I'm sure of it. Washington will be a team looking to trade for a quarterback this offseason or draft one in the 2021 draft. Uh, They may want to trade for a player like Sam Darnold. The Jets have really locked up the second pick in the 2021 draft. And while they lost the race for Trevor Lawrence by winning the last two games, that they, they still need to draft the best quarterback with their first pick in the draft, I believe. I think Sam Darnold still has a year left in his contract. So he, he will either compete with a rookie that they, that they you know draft, or he's going to get traded this offseason. There's always hope uh, for a career rebound once a player escapes the grips of Adam Gaze, so that's good news for, for Darnold. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is proof of that, and I really think there is a real chance that Darnold could get a second chance on a team like Washington, perhaps, or Indianapolis or San Francisco. I'd like to see him get a chance, but it's going to be competing with a strong rookie class and free agents like Jameis Winston and uh, Carson Wentz, who also may be on the trading block. So that's them. They're the, the trade. We got to keep, we got to cut, we got to trade, and here's the possible keep. The Bears uh, may also be in the quarterback market unless they decide to keep Mitchell Trubisky, who's played really well to end the season. It would be hard for the Bears not to re-sign him if he carries the team into the playoffs as it now appears that he's going to do after this three-game winning streak. The decision's most difficult of the three, for sure, mentioned here. I bet the Bears will let Trubisky actually enter free agency just to test the market, and if the market's cold like it really might be, I suspect that then they will re-sign him. So I don't expect them to sign a, a, sign him, but they might keep him if no one else comes aggressively at him in free agency. So this offseason is going to be filled with many keep-trade-cut quarterback decisions for most NFL teams. Third thing I'll mention is uh, what I'll call team mulligans. I was thinking this Sunday about Team Mulligans. I think there's two teams that have had awful seasons and that's brought down most of their dynasty players' dynasty value. But I expect serious bounce-back years next year. So I want to give the 49ers and the Lions a Team Mulligan for this year. Kyle Shanahan showed off again on Saturday. He shows how masterfully he can be when he calls plays to make his players great. Jeff Wilson had a 30-point fantasy day, and the offense looked completely different with George Kittle. 
when he's playing, even with a third-string quarterback like he was. At this point, it's, it's fair to assume, actually, that Kittle and Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo will get injured every year because they have. <clears throat> but it's, if somehow they could break this trend, this could be a very, very explosive offense next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers are actually one of the teams in a market for a quarterback this offseason, which could really change the offensive uh, effectiveness. Yes, Shanahan is going to continue to keep us guessing as to which running back he'll, he'll use most weeks. But whoever it is, they end up scoring a lot of fantasy points. So that's pretty frustrating. But I still like their offense. But unlike the 49ers, the Lions did nothing on Sunday to give me confidence in their offense. My confidence in the Lions is really just based on their star players and the new culture and new coaching staff that's going to come into Detroit. Matt Patricia was really just a cancer to the team. He reportedly uh, seems really clear about things players have said. He's created a toxic work culture that radically affected the team. I think once the new coaching staff and culture is installed, Detroit has every reason to bounce back next year, at least from an offensive fantasy perspective. Um, I don't believe that Detroit is going to trade Matt Stafford like most people think. I think they're actually going to keep him. I think they're going to re-sign Kenny Galladay to a long-term contract. And then they've got the studs of DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. They're great young building blocks that are still in their rookie contracts. And actually, I have a lot of faith in Quintus Cephas. I think he's poised to take over for Marvin Jones, if indeed Jones, who's also a free agent, isn't re-signed. I'm sure that they're sure that they're going to hire an offensive-minded head coach because that's what teams usually do when they have a defensive-minded head coach that doesn't work. Then they go the other direction. So I believe they're going to find an offensive-minded head coach. And the Lions, I think, are going to be one team uh, that bounces back. Better days ahead from the standpoint of the 49ers and the Lions' offenses. Next thing I noticed uh, was what I'll call reason for hope. <laughs> reason for hope. A few uh, weeks ago, I spoke on the podcast about how fantastic this rookie class has been, especially for the first two rounds of Dynasty rookie picks from last year. But the two exceptions that I mentioned were Keyshawn Vaughn and A.J. Dillon. This Sunday, due to injuries and the blowout wins, they each had more touches than they've had all year, and they looked good, too. Vaughn had 15 carries for 62 yards. Not super impressive, but he did look good. And then Dylan had a great game with 21 carries and 124 yards and two touchdowns. The last week of the dynasty season gave managers reason to believe that their rookie draft picks do have promise after all. But this is what's interesting, is both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are free agents after this season. And I'm sure Green Bay is going to re-sign one of them, but certainly not both of them. And Ronald Jones has one more year on his contract, and then Leonard Fournette is a free agent after this season. So that means at the very least, Dylan and Vaughn should be splitting time next year in their backfields. I think their dynasty values will rise pretty quickly once free agency uh, gets started. Fifth thing that I'll mention overall for this week is what I'll call uh, cleaning house. This is a little something I do. I'm going to share more about this next week when I give some advice on what to do at this time of year in the dynasty season. But one of the things that I do like to do at the end of the regular season, like this week, is to what I call clean house. And that means I like to drop aging players on my roster in order to pick up younger prospects. Now, I don't do anything drastic, but if I have an older player that literally has never been on my starting lineup for the entire season, I'm very willing to drop them for a younger player. And the three players that I've been targeting to pick up and have done the last few weeks is Tyron Johnson, Donald Parman, and Dan Arnold. Uh, Johnson's 24 years old with only one year of experience, but he's come on strong at the end of the season to become the wide receiver three And what I really see is an up-and-coming offense under Justin Herbert. And then similarly, same team, Parnum, uh, tight end, uh, is gigantic. <laughs> he's 23-year-old, and he's 6'8", 237 pounds. <laughs> so 
Hunter Henry is actually a free agent, and so he might not get re-signed by the Chargers, especially given the possible new coaching staff if Anthony Lynn gets fired, which I suspect he will. And as for Dan Arnold, uh, he's a little bit older than those guys at 25 years old, but he's really earned the role as a starting tight end in Arizona, and he's had some excellent fantasy outputs here near the end of the season. Now, know that I'm saying here, these are all bottom-of-the-roster players, but I'd much rather have them on my roster at the end of a season than continue to roster players like, let's say, Deshaun Jackson or Tevin Coleman or Alshon Jeffrey, all which are at the very end of their careers and likely never to be in a starting lineup. So why not just fill my roster back in with younger players that are good prospects? That's what I call cleaning house. So those are my five overall observations when I thought about uh, this whole last week, Super Bowl week. And so now what I want to do is I want to talk about some 2020 victory laps. This is something I really encourage you to do. One of the most valuable things that you can do as a dynasty manager is to really take an honest look at the trades and acquisitions that you made during the season so you can see, assess which ones paid off and which ones didn't. You really can learn a lot from your mistakes and you can learn a lot from your successes. So this week I went back and looked at all the moves that I'd made in my different leagues and I came up with what I call my top five moves that I made that I felt like helped my teams, things that I'm proud of. And don't worry, I'm not 100%. So next week, I'm going to do the five things that I regret, moves that I made that did not work for me. But let's talk first this week about five things that I did this season that actually worked well for me. First one I will say is trading for Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans. I'm in the Super Bowl in this league. Like I said earlier, I'm in the Super Bowl in this league, and I can win if Diggs has a good night tonight. But win or lose, I like the trades that I made in this league. I made a very aggressive move to acquire Diggs mid-season in this league. I traded J.K. Dobbins and Juju Smith-Schuster for Diggs and Johnny Smith, back when Johnny Smith was looking like a true breakout. Here's why. Juju's inconsistency was hurting my team, and I really feared that he would not re-sign in Pittsburgh since Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson were playing so well. Um, Dobbins uh, was not yet starting on my team at this point, and so I had I had Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders in my starting lineup. And don't get me wrong, I love J.K. Dobbins. He was my second-ranked rookie in last year's class. But I was willing to part with him to get the real long-term consistency that I see from Diggs, who's quickly become Josh Allen's primary target on a surprisingly explosive offense. Uh, Diggs has paid off for me carrying my team into the final playoff spot and now from that final playoff spot into the Super Bowl. Um, at the trade deadline in the same league, the league's highest scoring team offered me Mike Evans and Devin Singletary for Raheem Mostert and Andy o- Isabella. Sounds lopsided, doesn't it? Mike Evans and Devin Singletary for Raheem Mostert and Andy Isabella. So I smashed except on this. Um, that, you, know, you got to kind of know this about this, the reason this owner did this. This team has six startable wide receivers, like good, good wide receiver, top 20 type of wide receivers. Um, But in this league, you can only start four. So that's why he was willing to part with one. And Evans is one he chose, and that's the one that I accepted. He's really hurting at running back. And so I suspected that Mostert would become, uh, he probably thought that Mostert was going to come off of IR and carry his team into the playoffs. But it didn't work for him uh, as far as being the one that carried him into the playoffs. Uh, He managed to get into the Super Bowl anyway because he started Jeff Wilson against me this week instead, and Wilson and Evans both scored 30 points, uh, making this Super Bowl matchup a pretty high-scoring battle. Evans uh, did his part to help me win this league. Now I just need Diggs to do the same for me tonight, and we'll see if these two trades actually carried me to a championship. Next trade that I'll talk about that I made, uh, one of my favorite leagues, 
um, it was, I'll say, buying uh, Travis Kelsey and trading up for T. Higgins. This is one of my favorite leagues. It's a pretty complex league. It's a 48-team league with guys that are all in the dynasty industry. So there are four 12-team divisions. And then what's unique is the top three finishers in each division move to the championship division each year. And so after year one, I advanced into the championship division. And then in year two, I aimed to stay there and do my best to win it all. I ended up falling short in the semifinals last week, but placed among the top three, which means I get to remain in the champions division, which is pretty awesome. But the two moves that I made in this league were really key to helping me stay in the champions division. I traded up four spots in the second round of the rookie draft, and I gave up my third round pick to draft T. Higgins. Had I held pat with my second round pick, I probably would have drafted Michael Pittman at that position. So I am so glad that I moved up for Higgins. Uh, Higgins has just been a star this year, even even these, in these final weeks without Joe Burrow. I know that he's going to be Burrow's number one target for the next decade, and that's going to make him an every week starter in my lineups for the next decade as well. And then the other trade that I made in this league uh, was one of the biggest trades that I've ever made. I, a, a real rebuilding team put Travis Kelsey on the block in his tight end in this tight end premium league. This this league is a one point seven five. PPR for tight ends. So a huge advantage there. And so when he put Kelsey on the trading block, I started making offers and we went back and forth and back and forth. And ultimately I gave up a 2021 first and second round picks and Jerry Judy in order to get Kelsey on my team. And I also received actually his 2021 third round picks. So I gave up a first, a second and Jerry Judy. So kind of three prospects there, you could say. Um, just to get a third-round pick back and Kelsey. But here's the thing. In this league, Kelsey is the seventh-highest scoring player in the league, including quarterbacks. <laughs> Seventh-highest because of this 1.75 PPR. So the picks that I gave up because of the way I finished are going to be the 10th pick and the 22nd pick because Kelsey helped me finish in third place. So while I will not enjoy waiting until the third round of the rookie draft to, to make a pick, I'm very happy to have remained in the champions division again. And next year, I really fight. I want to fight to win the league next year while I'm actually able to bring back a healthy Christian McCaffrey to play alongside Kelsey and Higgins. Uh, Big trade for Kelsey. Have not regretted it one bit in that incredibly fun 48-team league. Next thing uh, that I'll I'll look back on my season, um, I think about my Reality Sports Online league where my co-manager and I just did an instant rebuild. Now, I know that most of you aren't in salary cap leagues, but you should really try to add at least one to your portfolio. It's a a blast. It's a total blast. My buddy Dave Brown and I co-manage a team, and we just won our third Super Bowl in four years. Incredible. Last year was the first season that we missed the playoffs, but we bounced right back this year to win the league because of our rookie draft picks and our free agent auction additions to our team. I swear everything that we touched in this league turned to gold this year. The season started with the rookie draft, where we first traded our pick 1.5 straight up for Austin Eckler, who was under a two-year contract. So we've got him for one more year after this year. We were glad to give up 1.5 for Eckler. And then when we actually had our picks, we drafted CeeDee Lamb at 1.6, Brandon Ayuk at 2.5, and Justin Herbert at 3.5. I mean, by the end of the season, these three rookies were every week starters for us, and we now have them on rookie contracts, which means we have them for the next three years. The season continued with our free agent rookie draft, where we outbid managers to sign Darren Waller to a three-year contract. Uh, Waller's contract is the sixth highest for tight ends in this league, 
yet only Travis Kelsey scored more points, fantasy points, at this position. Um, Mid-season, we extended the contract to Robbie Anderson, who, of course, you know, he did fade at the end of last year, but he did score a touchdown for us in our Super Bowl win. And I think back to Devontae Adams, the very first player that we extended four years ago after drafting him in our startup auction, and Adams won the game for us last night. He was the bookend on Sunday night, while Alvin Kamara, our first ever rookie pick in this league, who we signed to a franchise contract, we just extended into a franchise contract just before the year started, having to pay him $40 million of our salary cap, about a quarter of our salary cap. But man, did he come through for us as the front end of this bookend. And Dave and I made decisions as a team uh, throughout the year, and I guess two heads are better than one because we've crushed the salary cap league three out of the last four years. And really, by making a couple key moves, trading for Austin Eckler, drafting well with Lamb and Ayuk and Herbert, and, and paying the right amount for Darren Waller to really activate our teams in addition to the franchise of Alvin Kamara and remembering the way that we extended Devontae Adams and what he did for us to win that game. Incredible. Next thing that I'd say that I'm uh, happy about, two more here. Uh, when I look back on this this year, is Dak Prescott and Alvin Kamara as first-round startup picks. Uh, so last August, I joined a new, very competitive league with $105 buy-in. I uh, started the season with a big bang, riding on the back of my first-round pick, Dak Prescott. Uh, his injury, the injury obviously hurt my team significantly, but the, the second first-round pick, um, after trading up, I traded back up into the first round to get a second first-round pick, and that was Alvin Kamara. And Kamara kept me in the race all the way through Week 11. In Week 11, I was tied for first place in playing the other first-place team that I was tied with, and I lost to them by two points, and that was the game when Kamara had his first bad game with Taysom Hill. I lost the next two weeks also, and then ended up missing the playoffs, losing to the sixth seed, which is actually awarded to the highest scoring team, even though they had a worse record than me. So from fighting in week 11 for the for the first place uh, uh, trophy, or first place uh, in the league, falling all the way to number six and missing out, obviously I was very disappointed. But when I look back at those first round picks in the startup draft, um, I couldn't be happier with my, my selections. Um, I'm very confident in Dak and Alvin that they're going to keep me competitive in the years to come. I do worry just a little bit about Kamara's quarterback situation next year, but I think that Sean Payton's too smart not to give Kamara the touches that he needs to continue to be a star, a fantasy star. And if Andy Dalton can get the Dallas offense humming like he has the last few weeks, then I know that Dak can do even better next year. I think with rare exceptions, Jerry Jones signs the guys that he drafts um, so I think the Dak is going to stay in Dallas and give me, a, an admitted Cowboy fan, far more than one reason to root for Dak as the comeback player of the year in 2021. I believe he can do it. I have no regrets of drafting draft, uh, Dak Prescott in the Superflex League in the first round and then trading back up to get Kamara. Um, I'm still happy with what I did with those picks. And finally, uh, when I look back at this year, one of the things that I think helped my team was Mike Davis and Salvin Ahmed getting them off the waiver wire. So early into training camp, very, very early into training camp, reports were circulating that Mike Davis was ahead of Reggie Bonifon to be Christian McCaffrey's backup. So I picked up Mike Davis in literally all of my leagues, all of them. And I only dropped him in one league at the cutdown date, which I regret, because Davis became an every week starter for my teams, helping carry me to wins. He had a few down weeks as the season carried on, uh, but by then, I had already won many games because of him. 
Now, Davis isn't going to hold much dynasty value next year um, unless McCaffrey gets injured again, but he made a massive impact on my teams this year. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, however, can hold dynasty value beyond this year. Ahmed is a player I'm most excited about among those that I picked up off the waiver wire this year. Uh, he was one of the players that I was recommending drafting in the fourth and fifth round of rookie drafts last year uh, after signing with uh, undrafted free agent uh, as an undrafted free agent by the 49ers. Well, uh, he ended up in Miami, and while Miles Gaskin was injured, he became a very reliable starter for a few weeks and likely earned a permanent role with the team as a result. I was, I gotta admit, very disappointed to see that Miami gave almost all of the carries to Gaskin this week once he returned from injury, but Ahmed could be a more reliable backup to push Gaskin uh, for time. Definitely better than Matt Breida. Time will tell. Uh, Miami could easily draft a running back this year, but they didn't draft one last year. Uh, when they had the opportunity to do so. So it's very possible that Coach Flores does not believe in drafting running backs that high. Um, After all, his two best running backs this year were both undrafted free agents, and they may be the best two backs next year as well. So I was happy with those waiver acquisitions, uh, one for how it helped me this year, and one for what I think it could do for me in the future on my teams. Well, Hope that you guys do well. If you're holding on to some hope for some guys on Monday night, uh, hope you have luck just like I needed as well. Uh, hopefully I can take down two dynasty championships, depending on what happens. Hope that you've enjoyed following along this season. Uh, when we get to the off season, I'll be recording most likely on the weekends and releasing podcasts on Monday morning. Stick with us during the off season because that's when you become a true dynasty freak and manage your team 365 days a year. That's a wrap for this week, my friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I am great on email. promise to return everyone, so contact me that way. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted and independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. And get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.